Welcome to another episode of Inside Flicks. This is a movie podcast created by three brothers who grew up watching movies, love movies. I'm your host, Mike, and I'm here with my two brothers, Richard and Raymond. Say hello, fellas. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> hey, brother. <laughs> and uh, so it's October. And uh, so basically, this is the month of horror, the great horror. And in this episode, we're going to celebrate two classic horror movies from John Carpenter, his 1978 film Halloween and his 1982 film The Thing. And uh, we'll, we'll start by just talking about John Carpenter, um, you know, because I think um, he has become this kind of icon filmmaker who's not just known for horror now i think he's now known he wasn't as a, considered an, an icon like when when exactly would the john carpenter become an icon that's a good question i you know i was thinking about that because i remember growing up in the 90s mm-hmm. with 90s john carpenter and 90s john carpenter was escape from la <laughs> or, or vampires you know escape from or, new york not LA. no no it, 90s in the oh, 90s. 90s okay and then ghosts of mars which was like, i think maybe 2000s or something but so he was I, I guess he was he was a filmmaker that was kind of revered only in the horror community but i think no, most i of, wouldn't say that because i like starman and starman is one of his, his best films but to I, me i'm and, saying yeah to us like look i love i love escape from la and vampires and ghost of mars even ghost of mars i like but uh i think most of the most of the film world i suppose only saw him as like kind of a you know a legendary horror filmmaker yeah but you know, someone well, who's I say now sci- sci-fi as well. I mean, big yeah, trouble, sure, little sure. China, big trouble, little China, and um, yeah. Star, Starman. They're more sci-fi to me, and they live. That's both, right? And uh, and um, but I'm saying to like critics at the time, they probably saw him just as the horror guy who's now in his golden years of of his career. Well, they probably compared him to uh, 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 George, George Romero. Yeah, yeah. But I think back in, in the '90s, though, I think I, I think he was known as someone who was a big deal. A decade ago but now it was kind of a little bit washed up but now i think as he's emerged into this kind of new icon i think people really see him as a, one of the great filmmakers of the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. uh raymond what's the first time you, you heard about john carpenter i'm I guessing it has to be halloween mm-hmm. so in 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 the, in the 90s when i was a child and then and then was there any other movies that you saw of his then you go wow this is who's this guy i need to know about this guy well, I saw a lot of his '90s movies, <laughs> uh, so um, I don't think I went back and saw a lot of his movies until I, I was like in my teens. Yeah, yeah, same, same here. Uh, Rich was like the—I think you were a big fan of the original New York uh, Escape from New York. Yeah, Escape from New York is probably one of the because I didn't—I didn't really catch Halloween right away. I was never into horror itself, um, uh, at least you know in my y- youth. Mm-hmm. But sci-fi was always the first for me ever since Star Wars. So Escape to New York, I definitely saw. And Starman, like I said, um, Starman is the one I go, wow, this is this is an awesome movie. Uh, this is just for, this is my type of movie. I mean, that mm-hmm. was the, and know. they live. We both love definitely. It. They live. Yeah. Yeah. De- I think that's probably my favorite John Carpenter film because I grew up with that movie and I, I, I love that movie even before I knew who John Carpenter was. Right. And, um, yeah, so was something like I think like for for me Robert Rodriguez was a guy who always would bring up his name as someone he who he saw sure. as a big influence, and I think other directors of around that time would bring him up, and I think he found a new wave or a new generation of fans with these new Halloween films. I think he has now become this really kind of 
elder statesman of, of, of in the film community. As he should be. I mean, with especially with Halloween, the Halloween series. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a true filmmaker because uh, all his films, I'm, he's never done a hundred million dollar movie at all. Uh, he's, I think the most is probably like Escape from LA, uh, which probably was 50 million. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who demanded uh, um, Final Cut. So no producer would ever give any any director Final Cut unless you're, you know, Spielberg or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you give the man 25 million or whatever and you'll get a, you'll get a picture out of him. So that's yeah. the, that's the thing. But he's he's a, you know, he's a he's a full-on filmmaker. He writes it, directs it, produces he, it. He, yeah, he does a yeah, score. Yeah, <laughs> it's score. Yeah. Uh Raymond, uh what's your thoughts on John Carpenter, uh, his filmography and his his films and the st- his style? What co- what comes to mind? Okay, well, John Carpenter, he's like the master of uh of suspense, you know. All, when I think of his movies, I think of all the uh, the tension building um cuz all of his movies are very um well, like kind of like what Richard was saying, they're they're he makes low budget movies, he makes small films and you know, he because of that, you know, he he, he gets all his um scares and stuff you know from from tension and um and from uh suspense and he's unique in that way he's not one of the horror uh filmmakers like uh that just want to go for the um the shock or the easy scare or yeah well yeah he, he definitely knows the formula just like um uh spielberg did with jaws i mean i mean, I mean both both these films have the iconic theme and yeah i mean those two are the ones when you think of it when you want when you think of horror horror themes those are the two that pop into mind that's probably it oh you mean the halloween theme and the jaws yes. theme yes and they're, they're actually kind of quite similar they're very very similar You know, I you know, like I was, th- I was really thinking about it. How, I can't really put my finger on what makes John Carpenter John Carpenter. Obviously, it's his stories, I guess, that he likes to tell. They they tend to be horror or in the or the sci-fi genre. But there's something about his characters also, and yeah. uh, his characters are blue collar. They're 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 not like the the special movie star vehicles. You know, they're not, uh, they're working class people. And I think, uh, when I think of John Carpenter, obviously I think of Kurt Russell because he has started many of Carpenter's <laughs> films. And, um, there's something about his characters and there's something about, something about his visual style and his music. And it all kind of, uh, accumulates into this Carpenter essence that, um, it's purely him. And also, you mentioned suspense. He is somewhat of a, a student of, of Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Halloween really kind of uh, plays up that Hitchcockian uh, influence a lot. Actually, the, I think it's... it's um, We randomly we randomly pick these movies. Uh, I picked the movies. <laughs> right, right. And, but shockingly, it, it, both movies complement each other. They yeah. go, they go really nicely. I didn't realize that how much they really are. Both of them are very similar. Both movies have a monster, and the thing makes a cameo in Halloween. He's watched television, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. 
And uh, because the thing, uh, Carpenter's The Thing is a remake of an old classic uh, sci-fi movie in the yeah. 1940s. A John Hawks produced film. Yeah, but the, you know, but, but you know, both films have there's a monster, and the heroes need to find it, and they need to kill it, or, or it's well, going to kill them. That's the whole kind of idea. Halloween is a, sim- a, a simple premise, and and very I don't simple, think, very, very simple. Very. And it, the uh, characters, it's not, you know, it's not a deep dive on the characters. It's just very simple characters on on most of the the, the victims. <laughs> uh, okay. yeah, yeah, it's mainly Donald Pleasance, the uh, doctor, and uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. I mean, no, yeah, yeah. I, I, Halloween's very simple. It's it's a the, there's a three act structure that goes quick. It sets up the the, the killer right away, and then sets up the the target, and then we just follow the target and hope that she makes it to the end. That's basically how the the film uh, is played out. And I was shocked how simple it is. Yeah, and how uh, it it. But even it, with its simplicity, I was uh, very drawn to the tension, like Raymond was saying, the tension that it builds into the film. And uh, I guess the main difference between the Car- Carpenter's ha- Halloween and Carpenter's The Thing is that I suppose Halloween is about the fear of walking outside because there's a killer on the loose. And in The Thing, it's about the fear of being inside because there's a killer among us <laughs> and but it's very similar in both films um rich just just read off the imdb uh, synopsis uh for the halloween just so people know real quick the, the plot line <laughs> in case you don't know uh 15 years after murdering his sister on halloween night in 1963 michael myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of haddonfield illinois to kill again halloween night a small American town. Michael? Halloween. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. And this, of course, starts the franchise, the Halloween franchise, and then in the myth of Mike Myers, this kind of, or Michael Myers, <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> and uh, as this kind of great, uh, iconic horror character or villain or what you want to call it, a monster. And uh, 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 Raymond, what's your what's your thoughts on rewatching Halloween for the? I don't know how many times you've seen it before, but what's what's your thoughts on just recently rewatching it? Uh, well, I had the same thoughts as you that I was uh, very surprised of um, uh, how how similar the two movies are. Mm-hmm. And um, well, you know, this time when I watched Halloween, it was probably the because uh, it's it's the it's the Carpenter movie that I've seen the most because I saw it as, as a as a young young kid. And uh, you know, I've always appreciated the movie for what it is. I always watched it. This time I decided to kind of, you know, like watch it like with a more critical eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and while I think the movie's pretty flawless, I think the dialogue is not as strong as Carpenter's other movies. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it's, it's a very, uh, a B movie type of film. Yeah. yeah. Originally it was called The Babysitter Killer or no, what was The Babysitter's Murders? Really, I wasn't aware of this. Yeah, it was a different title. Uh, Look it up on IMDb real quick. It should be, I don't know, Babysitter something. Yeah. The Babysitter Murders. 
the babysitting murders that so that was the original title working title yeah and i guess the producer of halloween i, I don't remember his name but he he's the one who approached john carpenter and said what do you think about this title can you do a movie can you do it like under three hundred thousand? and he goes yeah <laughs> and then uh, that started the, the the ball rolling and he start, i think he was writing the script and, and the producer came back and saying you know what it's, it would be a good idea if we just set this all in halloween because uh, all the actors could wear the same clothes on the same day because it's going to be set in on, on the same day and it'd be much cheaper that way. And he mm -hmm. goes, okay, let's do it. That sounds great. And John Carpenter and his partner at the time, uh, Deborah Hill, right, the who writer, also produced and co-wrote the story or co-wrote the screenplay. Yeah, this is, was not a kind of a passion project for Carpenter. This was just kind of like something... Uh, out of the way. A, a, work, a work for hire type of deal. And so it makes sense that the, the dialogue... That what Raymond was saying that it pretty mediocre or it is what it is. I mean, it's it's the, it's the '70s, still the '70s. I mean, yeah. it's just, just I mean, I do I do I do like Doctor Loomis's dialogue. I thought his his sure. dialogue was really good. Well, he, I'm sure he stepped it up once he got uh, uh, Donald Pleasance, who was an established actor. I mean, he, mm -hmm. he, he wanted the character to be to, up to standards for for a, for a real actor. I think he want. I think Carpenter wanted. Um, I can't remember. Uh, Peter Cushing? Peter Cushing? I think so. Oh, and you know what? It, it was Peter Cushing, but but it was it was Christopher Lee. That's the one you're thinking of. Okay, yeah. Uh, that that's the one who um that that's the guy who turned those two down. those yeah. two names came up that he yeah. wanted, and then someone mentioned Donald Pleasant, and Donald Pleasant agreed because of his his daughter. Right. His daughter really liked Carpenter's previous film. Christopher Lee turned us down, Peter Cushing turned us down, and Donald uh, agreed to my shock. And we sat down to have lunch, and he says, I don't understand this script. I don't like this script. I don't know who my character is. The only reason I'm doing this is because my daughter thought your first movie was cool. So tell me why I'm doing this. I'm scared to death. Oh, my God. And I only realized later when we became friends that what Donald likes to do is he wants to be, he wants to find out how much you want to do the movie. He wants to find out how you, how passionate I am. You are as the director, and so that's his little trick. Raymond, what's your thoughts on the direction when rewatching this film? It's it's strong. It's, mm -hmm. it's good. And it's, how about the cinematography? You what? You think you like you like the cinematography in this too? Yeah, I like the cinematography more in Halloween than in the thing. I think it's probably some of the most iconic cinematography in um, uh, Carpenter's um, fil filmography. Yeah, Dean uh, Cundy worked has worked with uh, this is halloween was the first time he worked with uh carpenter and they went on to do the fog escape from new york and then the thing and then a couple other movies after that so all pretty much all the iconic carpenter films was done was some uh the cinematographer was dean cundy who is this great cinematographer that i didn't really realize until rewatching these movies i, I mean I, i'd seen his name i heard his name and uh we should talk a little bit about him, Richard. The cinematographer. Uh, let's talk about him a little bit. Well, it wasn't until DC Cab until he earned my respect. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he. You know, he started with Carpenter. He yeah. went. He went on to work with uh, Zemeckis on the Back to the Future movies. Right. Yeah. And, and, and no, DC Cab with uh, Joel oh, Schumacher. With, with Joel Schumacher. Okay. Yes, that and, too. And. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Zemeckis and Romance in the Stone, and then uh, Back to the Future series, and, and then, then he went on to with uh, Steven Spielberg on uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yeah. Like I, I know, I don't know, I don't know why this guy doesn't his name doesn't come up when you talk about some of the great cinematographers. Uh, his collaboration with Carpenter's with Carpenter's films, 
are what makes these films so iconic. Yeah, and he was only Dean County was only nominated once, and that was for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and mm-hmm. still, I mean, I mean, he did Apollo thirteen also, and Ron Howard. I mean, he did Ron Howard's you know best movie basically. The camera work in both of these movies, Halloween and The Thing, is superb. It's like precisely designed, and and and, and yes, and that has a lot to do also because of Carpenter himself. Halloween really kind of proves that you know even with a low budget because Halloween was what. 300,000 budget. Yeah. And apparently half of that budget w- went to the went to the cameras. Sure, yeah. Because the, they used a Steadicam. Mm-hmm. Well, they used a Panavision's version of Steadicam, which is called uh at the time Panaglide and was like the fourth film. Uh, Halloween is the fourth film to use the Panaglide system, Steadicam system. The oh. first being uh Terrence Malick's Days of Heaven, which came out the same mm-hmm. year. And We'll get into some of the scenes later, but some really great city cam shots in the, in Halloween, which blow, blows me away even to this day. Great, great, great lighting, great staging, great you know, great uh, camera movements. Yeah, and even the 4K Blu-ray. I mean, an old movie and it looks great. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful looking film. Uh, Raymond, you want to talk about some of the visuals, or you want to talk about anything else in Halloween? You want uh, the acting? Yeah, you know what? Uh, and another problem I had with the movie is. Man, the actress that plays the, the 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 best friend is terrible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> which oh, you're talking about Nancy or whatever uh, Annie? Well, you know what? They were both terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the adults are great. The adults are all great. It's just the it's the the the, the teenagers. We're, and were those we're all because uh, how old was Jamie Lee Curtis when she made this movie? Uh, she was pretty young. I don't I don't know her exact age. This was was her I think was her first feature film. Yeah, definitely. I think she did a TV movie or a TV series before this, but this was her first big thing. I'm not sure how old she was, but she was pretty young. She, yeah, she seemed she seemed pretty young, but I still I still didn't necessarily really buy them as high school students. Well, I bought them is, more like I mean, college. <laughs> I bought it more like college. Yeah, the acting was subpar i guess yeah with everyone mostly except. mostly just from those two characters right right even though even the boyfriends i guess were pretty but they were yeah, they, that's true I, I, but they were barely in the movie yeah they were barely in the movie but yeah well, but what do you thought of jamie lee curtis in this film uh she's good but it, it's it's mostly uh Don, donald pleasance is uh loomis yeah for me yeah well, but, but she but she's but she's great in it yeah uh no donald pleasance is the one that uh stands out as the, the as an acting wise he's the one he's the, the the true professional and the one who um also stands out to me is the shape himself nick castle i i, I thought <laughs> uh, he, he doesn't say a word of course but i i, I thought his walking Mo- around or yeah, whatever yeah yeah. He, yeah his movement yeah. i mean he was he put the scare in scary i mean he was it <laughs> Nick Castle was a uh, friend of John Carpenter's. I think they were college buddies. Mm-hmm. They actually were. I think they had a band. They were. They were. They started a band. Oh, but yeah, they had the Cadillacs, whatever. What, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Coupe de Villes or something Coupe like de Ville, that. Yeah. And uh, John asked him to be in part of the movie, and he agreed because uh, he wanted to just learn about filmmaking. And of course, he became what? Rich, the last Starfighter director. <laughs> well, he became the director of the last Starfighter. He's a yes. He's a shape. He's known as the shape, and but yes, he wanted to become a, a filmmaker himself. He directed the last Starfighter, and also he came back for the, the for the Halloween um, recent uh, reboot or what you want to call that or oh, sequel yeah, yeah, yeah. with with, with, Dave, with uh, David Gordon Green, the director. Um, yeah, but you know, to get back to Jamie Lee Curtis for real quick, I thought she did much better when she's acting alongside the, the children. Yeah. 
when she was acting alongside the, the, the her teenage friends, I thought, uh, what the hell is this? You know, is this is this going to be an embarrassment or something? But then she came alive when she's acting with the children, and then I saw the the character, you know, the Laurie Strode character. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, best scenes and worst scenes. Mm-hmm. Rich, which one you want to start with? Your best scene or your worst scene? Uh, I guess best. All right. What's the best scene in Halloween? Oh, I think it's just just um, Doctor Loomis himself. It's just Donald Pleasant. It's it's his uh, his performance in the film. It's it, he's the one that raises the bar for everyone, and un, un, uh, unfortunately, no one raised it. <laughs> no one which, really raised which, it. Which specific scene with his? But there's out. a specific scene that on on that that stands out to me. Which I enjoyed the most is probably him in this, on the streets, uh, talking to the a sheriff, I believe, with Michael Myers driving the car right behind him, <laughs> and and him making a left or whatever behind him, and and uh, that to me was like that's a scene where where if you see it in a theater, people are yelling in the screen, "Look behind you! He's right behind you!" <laughs> kind of a thing, and that, that 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 that's a perfect scene to me, sheriff. Pardon me, I'm uh, Loomis, Dr. Sam Loomis. Be bracket. I'd like to have a word with you if I could. Well, maybe a few minutes. It's, I've got to take It's just care. important. Ten minutes. I'll be here. That's perfect. that's a perfect drive-in theater kind of experience. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's a scene where he's talking to the sheriff, and he there's a moment where we see Loomis is looking around, and as he looks left, the car turns right or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And then he when he turns right, the car disappears, and we all everyone says... That's that's Mike Myers driving in that car. That's the car, right? And um, it's, a, it's 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 yeah, like like Rich said, it's one of those scenes where you're talking at the screen and you're screaming and you go, you know, you're you're up on your feet. <laughs> uh, Raymond, what's your best scene in Halloween? Uh, for me, the best scene is probably got to be either the opening scene or the the final scene. Oh, and okay. uh, the I like the opening scene because it's uh, well, I like the POV. Mm-hmm. I like that uh, the the long takes. And uh, um, I like how uh, it's very silent and uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, very creepy. And um, which it sets opening up the movie. Which, which opening scene do you mean? The P, the POV from, scene from the child. From okay, the child point. Okay, yeah. And uh, it's cool. And then uh, I like the final scene because you know you you it you see, seems like you, everything's you know good. And you get everything's you know okay. And then you you look out the window and he, you know he's he's gone. <laughs> Yeah, it's very mysterious. It's it's, it's the boogeyman ending, yeah. right? It's like oh. because in the, and throughout the movie, he he still kind of feels like you know, like a human. Okay, yeah. but at that but moment, then, it's like no, no. he is <laughs> the boogeyman. Was that the boogeyman? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. Um. Yeah, so I agree with you with the opening uh, POV sequence. I love that scene oh, too. Not, uh, not the final scene though. <laughs> no, no, I like the scene. I, I like it, but I, I specifically love the f- opening scene because I think it's one of the greatest opening scene ever. Yeah. And it, I think it, it took like two days to film. It was done in five takes. And like I said, it was done in that steady cam or the Panaglide. And um, it's a beautiful kind of well-lit, well-constructed uh, 
seen and we're watching through the eyes of the, this unknown killer and it's it's a bold and it's, it's disturbing it's taboo because it's uh the reveal is that uh, mike myers is a little boy or at least in this scene he's a little boy he's a child he's a a child who's a killer he just killed his sister and i think the idea of this child psychopath was unthinkable at the time in the in the in the 70s you know people couldn't wrap their heads around that concept so it made the that reveal was it made the reveal so horrifying and so scary and the, 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 and we're only like seven minutes into the movie michael and that's an excellent excellent opening and it really sets the tone it sets the mood for the rest of the movie and 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 you know it's a one long continuous tracking shot and it it's a it's a beautiful steady cam shot uh, it's and I think it took real guts from uh, Roger or, or from John Carpenter. <laughs> I was going to say Roger Corman. No, from John uh, John Carpenter. It really took guts to say that this this is it because I'm sure it took a lot. You know, I'm sure it took a chunk of the budget for that one scene. Uh, I'm really dazzled by the, the 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 reveal. The reveal that it's a little boy and it's a great a great opening shot. And I would I, I picked that as one of my favorites, but I'll pick another one. Uh, and also because the, the the score is so perfect, you know, we're getting it's the first time we're hearing the score, and it all blends perfectly. Yeah, but uh, I think the one I, I really like, really loved, is the closet scene where Laurie stabs Michael with the the wire coat hanger. I I it, it, that scene is very claustrophobic. Most movies, especially modern movies. They make the closet way too big. <laughs> like who who lives in the house with this closet space? No, this feels like a real closet. This feels like my closet. <laughs> it's really tiny, really narrow. And I think every person in the world at one point knows or had has hidden in a closet or had spent time in the closet and knows that kind of claustic uh, phobic feeling of being a tight confined space and, uh, and what that scene does really well is that it, it really conveys that common fear of being trapped in a tiny space and visually you know we see michael myers punching through the closet doors with his arms stretched out like frankenstein and you know you see laurie strode she's, she's at the bottom of the floor and she's screaming And that's like the perfect illustration of every kid's fear. There's a monster in my closet and he wants to kill me, <laughs> you know? So that scene, that scene works in so many levels. It's one of the most thrilling parts of the movie, but it kind of really activates that fear, um, that fear center in your brain. And I, that's, uh, I love that scene. And also that she fights back with, with the, the, the coat hanger, the simple coat hanger, right? with a simple coat hanger. And it's not like she, you know, it's not like, you know, it's, it makes sense. It's, she's fighting. I also like the fact that she's fighting back and she's not, uh, she's a heroine in that sense. <clears throat> you know, but what something that always bothered me about that scene is, um, or I don't know if it's that, that exact scene, scene, it might be maybe like a, a moment or two before, but I, I, I don't like how she just like lets him get away. Like she just takes her eyes off <laughs> like multiple times. She, she, I think she picks up the knife at one time and she drops it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she... Is that one of your worst scenes of the movie? No, the needle, no, the no, needle, needle just, point. It, oh, the needle point. Just, right. It's just, you know, Oh, well, so we'll, we'll talk about your, the worst scene in, in the movie. They, uh, what's the worst scene in the movie oh, okay. for you? Um, the, the, the three girls, uh, walking, walking. Oh, okay. School. 
jerk. Speed kills. It's yeah. Because of the dialogue. Yeah, and the performances. And the performances. Yeah. Yeah. Can you take a joke? Yeah, it's a, it was a, it's a little too long, right? Don't you think? Yeah. It's a little yeah. too long, and it's not believable. Yeah. That might be the more, most dated scene, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Rich, what's your worst scene in, in Halloween for you? Yeah, the friend. Um, I guess uh, her name is uh, Lindsay. The butter scene, dropping on her, and, and she had to go wash her clothes, and she gets cl- uh, locked into the, the laundry room outside. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just too, it, it's just too um, generic. But other than that, the most pet peeve scene to me was um, the guy, uh, Bob, I guess, who went to the kitchen to get a beer. Uh-huh. Go get me a beer. I thought you were going to get me one. Yeah. I'll be right back. Don't get dressed. <laughs> Never bothered to put on lights. <laughs> who goes to the kitchen in the in the darkness and doesn't put on the light on? I mean, in a kitchen? I put a light on anywhere. Just to scare the cockroaches. Yeah, just to scare the cockroaches away. Yeah. Uh, yeah you put your stamp on the floor and go, I'm here, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, 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 you know, I never realized that he didn't. Yeah, he didn't turn on the lights in on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But so that's 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 when he gets stabbed in the in the in the belly, yes, right? And I do like the scene where he when he stabs him when Mike Meyer or Michael Myers stabs him and he kind of pauses and he kind of cocks he, his head and looks. That's, looks that's all Nick Nick Castle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my worst scene is uh what you were saying earlier, uh the, the washing the clothes. Uh the girl gets stuck in the window. <laughs> you locked yourself in. I know. Oh my foot, I'm stuck. Now promise me you won't tell anybody about this. Yeah. <laughs> that is uh probably that's a dumb idea. That's just frankly a dumb idea. And it's something that probably came up during the on the set that day you know someone must have said how can we stretch this scene a little bit more and someone came up with this you know how about she gets stuck in the window (laughs) what the movie could have done without that little detail because you know she could have easily just accidentally locked herself inside the laundry room because she does the same thing basically five five seconds later when she loses the keys and right and for the for the car Yeah, so it's 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 it feels phony. It feels like fabricated and and look, I'm sure a lot of teenage girls get their bodies stuck in the window before, but the, the way this is done, it felt very, you know, like complete nonsense. And I think this is where it, this is where it feels like a low budget horror movie. Yeah. Where yeah. you know, you definitely feel like there's a time crunch and we need to get these scenes done. So let's make some shit up and uh stuck in the window. Let's do that, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so I, I didn't like that. Also, you know, just, like you were saying, pet peeve, I, Do- Dr. Loomis just waiting at Michael Myers's childhood home, you know, all night. He could have walked around. He got the chance to scare the kids, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, he's just, just like hanging out. Like, Chicken, go ahead, Lonnie. Go in. Hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. Yeah. He knew he'd be back. <laughs> so let's get let's get into the thing now. Uh, let's talk about the thing. Rich, go go to IMDb and read the synopsis for us. 
A research team in Antarctica is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearances of its victim. 100,000 years ago, it found its way into our galaxy. Trapped in the frozen wasteland of Antarctica, it could not escape. Now the men of Station 4 have made a monumental discovery. An alien creature had frozen, but not to death. And man it isn't Benning. is the warmest place to hide. Yeah, it's kind of, again, a very simple plot, very simple idea. It's a creature feature, you know, done in a carpenter way. And uh, Raymond, what's your what's your thoughts of when rewatching the thing? Because I think you said you you watched it some multiple times. Well, the thing is, I I had I had only seen this movie uh, one time before, mm-hmm. so um, I I liked it a lot more this on second viewing. <laughs> so I I, I, don't know, I decided to watch it again. It's I don't know. It's just it's it's John Carpenter perfected everything he did in Halloween within this movie. It's a better script. He he get these characters are more him, but it's still a a, a very kind of suspenseful film where you have like this uh, threat that no no one can see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think he said something about how the the, the monster could be a symbol uh, of of disease, you know, uh, because it's it's the idea is that anyone could be the thing. Mm. It could be uh you know interpreted in many ways, and in, in the sense that it's is something that it's the monster is growing inside of us. It's kind of you know when I rewatched it, I go, oh, this is like John Carpenter's version of Alien. That's exactly what I was thinking because this is just like two sides of a coin, you know. Uh, when you think of Alien, uh, the the other side should be the thing. I mean, uh, this is very much a, par- a pairing that deserves to go back to go into time when you think about Alien movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like uh, Alien had um, Ridley Scott as a director and the creator for the creations was was uh, based on H.R. Geiger. Uh, this is definitely John Carpenter and Rob Bottin. Yeah, this is, explain who's Rob Bottin for us, Rich. Well, he's the uh, the at the time he was the youngest. Well, it seemed like he was the youngest special effects makeup uh, designer who did everything in this film. Basically, when you ask uh, any uh, special effects makeup artists uh, in today's time, they always go back to mention the thing and Rob Bottin mm-hmm. uh, from what he what he did with this movie. And for you know, as Rob Bottin himself, he went on to do a, f- a few other films, of course. But from uh, as of late, uh, he is now uh, after like uh, you know the, the the CGI age. He left the business for good, and you can't nev- you cannot even find the guy. He's like uh, a recluse. Well, he's more like yeah, like uh, what, the JD Salinger of, of of special effects. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, he has you know he's become this mis- mysterious character now because he has left the business, and no one is able to contact him basically. But yeah, he was a, at this time he was a twenty year old whiz kid. Uh, he was a apprentice under uh, Rick Baker. Mm-hmm. He worked on the cantina scene in Star Wars with, with Rick Baker. Right. When he was like maybe like 16 years old or something, like really young. And um, he um, uh, he did the special effects in the howling. Uh, and that's one of the, that got him to think. Yeah. Well, they got him to do the fog, I think. And then from the fog, he was able to now become the main guy for the thing. Mm-hmm. And it really feels like uh, a young person's, you know, attempt to really go for it, right? It, it's, it feels like a rebel. Well, yeah, he's. This was probably the 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 film that um, where he was the main guy in charge. So he was the one 
that designed everything from the scratch. Right. He was the head guy. Uh, right. Raymond, what was, uh, what's your thoughts on the makeup? Because I think everyone, when they think of the thing, they think of the makeup, the creature designs. What's your thoughts on, on that? It's the, the, the coolest, you know, most memorable stuff in the movie. Cause, um, there's always a, a build up to everything. And, uh, once you get there, you know, it's got, it's got a great payoff. I mean, uh, my favorite scenes in the movie featured those, uh, prosthetic or not prosthetics but those um uh i guess the creature effects yeah yeah those creature effects yeah 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 it's, what's what i like about it what i like about the creature designs of this movie it's like robertine went for it you know i think some special effects uh artists now want to do creature designs and make them awesome right i want to make monsters awesome botine wants to make monsters disgusting <laughs> and terrifying and i think i think people forget how to make monsters disgusting and terrifying the thing is ugly it's grotesque but yet it's very beautiful in that way and and it's that's what's so memorable to, memorable about the about these creature designs it's it's terrifying because they are they meant to be disgusting and gross and and, and frightening because of of the way they they are designed and it, it's very much like an hp lovecraft it's creatures, it's insects. And, and I, you know, there's an operation scene in this movie. And I go, oh my God, that's Guillermo del Toro. I mean, oh, yeah. obviously he's he's influenced by this this movie. And when you think of Guillermo del Toro, you think about his creature designs, right? Sure. That's because of Rob Bottin. You know, that's because that's the connection. I think even Rob Bottin did some uh, creature designs for del Toro's Mimic, uh, which is obviously influenced by the thing. Um it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a master class of, of great makeup designs and creature designs, and it's fantastic. It's, a, it's, 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 and then it's like I, you miss those days where you could see these designs because, you know, everything's now CGI, and it's CGI lacks some of this kind of grotesqueness, especially in horror. Yeah. But the guy could do clean also because RoboCop, which he designed the RoboCop. Oh, right, right. That's clean design, and it looks so awesome. And it's, it's even better than the remake. I mean, it's a, it's a, that's when I think of a suit that, I mean, other than Terminator, I mean, it's basically a Stormtrooper outfit, but it looks cool. I mean, it looks yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Robert, Robertine, yeah, he's known for the thing, but he did the designs for RoboCop. He also did, uh, he won an Oscar for, for his work on Total Recall. And he did uh, seven, and oh, he yeah. did all the um, the victims in seven, and he also another Fincher film. I can't remember which one, but and he has become this kind of mysterious character who has left the business, and he doesn't have uh, any social media <laughs> accounts or anything. <laughs> you know, people just they don't know where he is. Maybe it's because he's tired of the business. He maybe he's tired of movies. Uh, He's, he's known in the special effects community, but I don't think he is really that known. He's not as popular as, say, Rick, Rick, Rick yeah. Baker or, yeah, or Greg Nicotero or something like that because he has left the business so, so long ago. <clears throat> but, you know, the movie doesn't work without Rob Boutine. I mean, it might work, but it, it's not as special. It's just, it's just, it's just spectacular work and frightening right. stuff. And it's, uh, it's dark. And I love it. <laughs> and that's what makes that movie so special. And yeah, it's John Carpenter. And it's John Carpenter saying to Robert Tink, go wild. Yeah. Show me your best. Well, back to the movie itself, uh, the acting. I mean, Kurt Russell is the, yeah. the star. And 
But yeah, the whole the whole ensemble. Yeah, the whole ensemble cast is it's 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 a great you know like Carpenter has a great eye for for casting character actors you know distinct personalities these distinct voices in 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 his films and I think that's what's so great about his movies his he chooses character actors. Uh, Raymond, what do you thought the the cast in, in in the thing? Excellent. I mean, everyone everyone's great in the movie. It's you don't have any issues. Yeah. Like in, in Halloween, with for performance wise, right? Yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, I, I love Keith David in this movie. Mm-hmm. I love Keith David whenever he's uh, with John Carpenter, like in this movie or They Live. Right. What makes these movies last forever? Halloween and the Thing. Why? Why, why these two movies? And especially, I think when you think of Carpenter's movies, you think about these two movies as they're his greatest horror movies. I mean, I mean, kind of way. It kind of you were saying that Carpenter's like a, a student of Hitchcock. These are kind of Hitchcock movies for the modern for modern um, generation and like people my age kind of I think uh, appreciate these movies in many ways. Kind of like they were classic, you know, uh, Hitchcock films. You know, Hitchcock famously defined the difference between mystery and suspense. And he said the definition of mystery is that the viewer knows less than the than the characters in the movie. What defines suspense is the opposite, that the viewer knows more than the characters in the, in the, in the film. And so Carpenter knows this. He, he knows what the definitions of suspense and mystery, and he uses that. And I think he, these two films perfectly define what Hitchcock was talking about. And um, yeah, I, I think you're actually absolutely right. This is maybe is this generation uh, Hitchcock films that the people look to. If, well, go ahead. yeah, unfortunately, I, I don't think a lot of uh, young people, you know, are going to are going back and watching the Hitchcock movies, but this has become a, a classic. Well, this one, I mean, Halloween was um, more, more or less a, a box office, you know, sensation. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it was it started so small and grew and kept on growing and became a huge hit, box office wise. The thing yeah. was a bomb. Oh, really? it, it was a studio film, and it was a bomb. So this, the thing, is a, a, a success in cable. When it hit cable, this is the thing that the, where word of mouth basically was uh, went on when once it hit, hit cable and uh, and VHS eventually. Yeah, but I think it came out around the same week or the same month as et (laughs) yeah it just came out the wrong time and uh yeah people didn't 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 like it i yeah i don't i just don't know why the the i mean obviously now it's a classic and um and it's when you know when they think think of great creature designs monster movies the thing always comes up um but yeah it was you know sometimes these movies takes time to catch on yeah and um and that's true to actually a lot of Carpenter films. All right, best scenes for the thing. Raymond, you started off. What's your best scene in the thing? Um, I, I for it might be when they put the dog in in the dog cage with the others. Yeah, yeah. It might be either that scene or for a, a less kind of you know hor- horrific scene. Uh, maybe the scene after it, which is still kind of horrific, where uh they're dissecting the dog and um mm-hmm. they're uh. They, you know, they find out that um, they find out that it was uh, they they shot it in the in the middle middle of morphine, and they find out that you know it's gonna it's gonna copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it could it could it could potentially copy the, you know their their DNA. You see, what we're talking about here is an organism that imitates other life forms, and it imitates them perfectly. When this thing attacked our dogs, it tried to digest them, absorb them, and in the process, shape its own cells to imitate them. This, for instance, that's not dog. It's imitation. We got to it before it had time to finish. 
Finish what? Finish imitating these dogs. I, um, yeah, I like the dogs scene also. Mm-hmm. I mean, obvious, the obvious choice is maybe the, the guy's stomach opens up and chops off the, do- the dude's hands, <laughs> which is probably right. the most famous scene in the movie. The one where everyone talks about it. It's awesome scene. The Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, it's just the where the... It's, the, it's where the defibrillator, right? He's, yeah. he's using the defibrillator and then the stomach opens up and it's teeth and it's a, it's the monster's uh, mouth. Pure creativity and innovation from the special effects team. It's fantastic. I like the dog. Uh, I was going to pick the dog uh, scene because the whole sequence, the whole sequence is marvelous. You know, the, when rewatching it again, uh, that's when I go, wow, look at the artistry with this. Look at the editing choices here, the beautiful cinematography, the the sound design and the staging of the, the scene. It's it's all kind of mind-blowing. It, it holds up. In fact, it's better than some of the CGI effects done today. It's, it's astounding how good that is. It's the, the scene where the there's an infected infected dog. He's put in the dog pen, and it transforms into another life form and starts killing off the other dogs. The head sp- the head splits wide open, and it, it looks like and I'm assuming they lifted you know Stranger Things lifted from this scene because it looks like the demo Gorgon mm-hmm. and uh, the group of guys comes running in and see what the hell is going on. Stay back. And they walk into this nightmarish scene where you see dead dogs are being absorbed in this massive alien hybrid monster. Tentacles are whipping everywhere around and it's really gross. And it's like this truly disgusting. And it's glorious. It's fantastic. I love that scene. And it re- that when rewatching it again, I go, man, this scene really holds up. It's still great. It still gives me that, you know, feeling I'm watching something fantastic. Uh, yeah, I love that scene too, man. Uh, Rich, what's the, uh, your best scene in, in The Thing? Well, when I think of The Thing, I think of the, the, the scene, the, the blood test scene. It's the tension for the, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 that's the, that's the best scene in the whole damn movie for me. We're going to draw a little bit of everybody's blood. We're going to find out who's the thing. Watching Norris in there gave me the idea that maybe every part of him was a whole. Every little piece was an individual animal with a built-in desire to protect its own life. You see, when a man bleeds, it's just tissue. No blood from one of you things won't obey when it's attacked. It'll try and survive. Crawl away from a hot needle, say. It's the the scene with the petri dish, right? Yeah, the petri dish. The mm-hmm. the, the the testing of the, the blood, and then the, the the guys are tied up, and uh, the, the, the yeah. idea is idea like, that the, the alien blood is gonna react to the fire, and that's where they're gonna find out who is the real alien. If I'm watching on if I catch it on cable, and if I miss that scene. I might as well just go, you know, you know, I'll wait for the next show. Because <laughs> uh, if I if I if I catch on cable and it's coming up to that scene, I gotta watch it from then on. No, no problem. Uh, okay, so let's go to worst scene. Rich, what's your worst scene in the thing? Oh, uh, the opening shots. Uh, the Norwegian. 
uh, <laughs> the, the the sharpshooter. <laughs> Uh, he takes, takes about 20 shots from his rifle. <laughs> it misses the dog. Uh, well, uh, and then he throws it. And, and then he ends up throwing grenade. <laughs> and still misses thro it. Does, throws it like a baba booey and misses <laughs> it completely. And then, he, uh, and, then, and then the second grenade, he uh, throws his arm back and ends up blowing up his, his pilot, his own pilot. Yeah, I know. It's like... Uh, this guy's worthless. <laughs> Why would you have this guy in the research lab, man? Uh, Raymond, what's your worst scene? Uh, worst scene in the thing? Uh, I don't. I don't have one. Okay, good. Yeah, me too. I didn't really have one. I. I do. Uh, unless you, you want to talk about something else? No. Do you, do, okay. Yeah, me too. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I, I think the movie's kind of flawless. Uh, I do. I do agree that the ending was kind of a letdown. I. I do like that how it ended on an ambiguous note, you know, Keith. But I didn't like how Keith David just kind of came out of nowhere, walked and, away, and came back. Yeah, and he he said that he was just lost in the ice storm, you know. Because I don't, I didn't like how it leaves way too much room for possible theories or assumptions. And uh, I think I I want a little more of a defined defined closure. I just want a little bit. No, I just want to know where the hell Keith David was at that, because he was kind of missing for the last. 10 minutes of the movie so that's it just uh, but i think I, I love you know like if i had to compare the thing with halloween and although i really enjoyed halloween watching it recently the thing is a masterpiece i think and i think i i love it uh even more after yeah. watching uh, uh, which what's what yeah what's your thoughts do you compare these two uh which one you li like the most it's true i mean the halloween is well, I guess they both are uh, Halloween type films. I mean, yeah, yeah, but Halloween is the Halloween. I mean, if you're going to watch a movie on Halloween day, watch Halloween. You know, Halloween night. Well, if yeah. you need to watch something on Halloween night, watch watch the thing. <laughs> but uh, the thing is a better movie because it's the characters themselves. I mean, the the characters are are the stars also. And Raymond, what's the, uh, compare these two? Uh, which one you like the most? The the thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's 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 all all around better. But the thing that makes it tough is that I love the character of Michael Myers. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so iconic. That movie's so iconic. It 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 it, it, it's, it created a whole franchise. All the thing gave us was a, a prequel. <laughs> and the Halloween is like has this like lasting legacy, and um, I don't know. If, uh, I I mean the thing is I think a better film, but I don't know if it quite has that. So I mean it's tough. I mean the thing's better, but still, uh, I mean don't 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 write off Halloween. Yeah, I know both both of these movies are definitely classics, quintessential horror films. Yeah, and Halloween it has this franchise, and the thing is this great complete story. Yeah. Uh, all right, all right uh, let's end this. Um, that was our discussion on the Halloween and The Thing, two great John Carpenter classic horror movies, uh, two great picks for this Halloween uh, season. Um, Rich, you know, tell the people how to, how they could find Inside Flicks if they want to hear more episodes. Uh, they could find us on Apple iTunes, uh, Google Podcast, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcast. And pretty much everywhere, and you can find all the links on InsideFlix.com. All right, that's it. That's for that's the end of this episode. We'll be back with a new one, uh, hopefully really quick, really soon. 
Uh, thank you for listening to Inside Flicks. Stay safe out there, and bye-bye.